Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. We'll continue talking a bit about what happened in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, Carrie, any update on that that you know of? I'm still looking. It looks like the same information as last hour. Okay. If uh, we get any updates, just let me know. We're also holding uh, to see if we get a text or a call back from uh, U.S. Representative Tony Gonzalez. He is the representative for that area. We certainly want to hear from him, without a doubt, about the latest on what happened in Uvalde, Texas. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Uvalde is where um, a, a shooting happened at a school. 14 children killed. A teacher killed as well. And um, it just it's, it's stark and startling that this can happen in 2022 America. And we don't have better safeguards in place to make sure that when you send your kid off to school, he or she is coming home at the end of the day. And, and I went through a bunch of this last hour. If you missed it, go back and check out the, uh, the podcast. Go back and, and check out the VOD, the video on demand over on Twitch. Do whatever you want to do. And by the way, if you want to watch the show as we do it as well, it's, uh, it's going to be JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M, and click on Watch Now, and that should take you to uh, the live video stream. And uh, you're going to get, uh, I want to talk a lot about the Second Amendment this hour because people, now I'll go into politics and I told you that I would on a Tuesday. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that is Carrie Lockie. We appreciate you hanging out. Polo's here as well. That's Sam. Thanks a lot for being here. Had a guy call into the, at the end of last hour. Uh, I think it was Gustavo from Michigan. And, and a nice guy. He said he's a conservative guy. And he said that a few times. Now, I don't think he was a seminar caller. For those who remember, Rush would always talk about seminar callers. A seminar caller would come in and say, I've always voted Republican, but I'm really, I'm very, very conservative guy, but, you know, I voted for Bush twice and Trump, but. And then they would give you the reasons why I'm wrong about everything, or why Rush is wrong about everything, right? I don't think Gustavo was that guy. I think Gustavo was being honest, and I think that he is a conservative guy, but I'm not sure where he comes from. He had an accent, appeared to be an immigrant from somewhere. Maybe where he came from, only the police and the, and the, and the, the, the military had guns. And that seems on its face to make sense. Think about it. Nobody else in society has guns. Only the police and only the military. I hear you. I got you. I see what you're laying down. Let's break down why that wouldn't work. I have not read all of the Federalist Papers, but I don't believe there's a reference in there to what I'm about to say. The First Amendment took care of what was the most important in the mind of the Founders. You had to have freedom to worship however you wanted. Remember, King George III over in, in England, who was the monarch, who was the tyrant. He made you be Anglican. You couldn't be anything other than Anglican. Well, the founders wanted you to be whatever you wanted to be. Now, it's a Judeo-Christian society based on the Ten, the Ten Commandments and on the Magna Carta. We are a religious people, but government wasn't going to force you to be one religion or the other. Now, our society is based on values, mores, and the tenets of Christianity, of Judaism. That's true. You could yell at your radio all you want. What I just said is true. But the First Amendment said, Congress isn't going to pass any law that's going to establish a 
statewide religion, a United States-wide, a countrywide religion that made sense to them. Also, you would have the freedom to assemble peaceably and bring redress upon the government. You could speak out against the government. The government did not own you, did not overrule you, did not control you. They actually worked for you, and you could say, hey, I don't like the way this is going, and not be persecuted or prosecuted. The next one was you had a freedom of the press, a fourth rail, if you will, that would be really put in place to criticize government. That's not what the press does today. And by the way, it was called a press because of the printing presses. It's really the media today. But that's not what the media does today. Or I guess that's a plural word. The media do today. It sounds weird, feels weird, but it is. You had those rights. So speech, religion, assembly, and press. So we were basically telling, they were telling the government, you can't restrict Americans' rights to do these things. But what if the government said, screw you, we're going to restrict it? Ah, let me tell you about the Second Amendment. Now, again, I don't know anything from the founders that specifically says, let's make the right to keep and bear the Second Amendment to protect the First Amendment. I don't know if they actually said that, but one can make a pretty simple assumption that that's what they meant. Because why would you put it so close to the top? Why would you make it the Second Amendment? You have the right to form a militia, the citizens, and the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So if the government comes and says, screw you, you can't talk out against me, oh yeah, here's my gun. Did you want to tell me that again? Or the government comes and says, you know, we really don't want you to, to print that, that, that article you're going to write about us. Oh yeah, here's my cannon. I know Joe Biden keeps saying you couldn't get a cannon. You could. Well, uh, how, how dare you uh, assemble or, or how dare you not be Christian or Anglican? Have you met my, my musket? And the government says, well, we better not try that because if we try to take their rights away, they have the right to stop us from doing that. It truly is not for shooting deer. It's truly not for target practice. It is truly to defend your God-given rights. That's what it's for. So when somebody says, shouldn't only the government, you know, like the military and police, shouldn't they be the only ones with guns? Right, okay, so if they're the only ones with guns, in Nazi Germany, they were the only ones, only ones with guns. If those six million Jewish people would have had a Second Amendment right, it might have gone differently. If those three million others would have had a Second Amendment right, it might have gone differently. So any attack on the Second Amendment, saying it doesn't make sense, I think is coming from a place of honesty. I think that he really meant what he said. But it's also coming from a place that lacks the education about our civil rights that you might need. So every time you see a politician talk about you don't need more than two bullets, two bullets to kill a deer, you know that they're just playing a game. They know what the Second Amendment is about. They want to take away your ability to defend yourself. I mean, I'm not, listen, I don't think that we're going to have the government show up at your door tomorrow and try to take away your guns, although some in the government would like to do that. But I certainly want the ability to, to protect my family, my stuff, and myself from a bad guy who'd like to invade my house or steal my stuff or, or take over my life. I think I should have the ability to stop that. And yes, as the government seems to become more tyrannical, I want them to have in the back of their heads, well, we really can't do that because of that damn Second Amendment. So why do you think there's always an assault on the Second Amendment? 
Because as I said to Gustavo last hour, the first thing that a tyrannical government does is take your guns. And more specifically, takes away your ability to defend yourself from them. We didn't win the Revolutionary War by throwing rocks at them. We didn't allow them to take our guns. We were able to stop the bad guys from continuing to rule us. And by the way, we weren't fighting the king. We were fighting his men. And the king's men were police officers and government people. So saying that only they should have the guns literally makes you a sitting duck. What happened in Uvalde today and in Parkland you know, a few years ago now and Columbine many years ago now? What happened in, these, in Sandy Hook? What happened in these places is there was no way to defend innocent from evil. You look at it the same way. How would we fare against the government coming, coming down on us if we had no ability to do so? How would we do? Pretty badly, I think. So immediately it got political online, and you have these disgusting profiles, as I said, making politics about it, talking about the Second Amendment has to go, and the NRA and the GOP has blood on their hands. They're trying to make hay out of this on an election day. Today is an election day in many places. And for most Americans who have a brain, it's not going to work. But for those who maybe aren't as deep, and for those who are really just completely complicit with the left, they're going to jump in on this. Now, again, as we mentioned last hour, the guy who's now dead that police say was the killer today at this elementary school was an 18-year-old Hispanic man. So all the white supremacy and the racism and the black and brown and the border stuff that was being talked about on ABC News right after the news broke was obviously wrong. But they didn't care. They got it out there. They were able to say it. So we have to make sure that we stay level-headed, come up with solutions. I want Democrats to work with me on this. Come up with solutions that will keep our kids safe, our people shopping in malls and at grocery stores safe, our, our people at movie theaters safe, our people at churches safe. Let's come up with a plan. Because again, let me mention this again. Those who are the loudest voices on Capitol Hill saying, get, a, get away from the Second Amendment, are protected by people who have firearms. And they're keeping them and they're bearing them. So again, as we go forward, seeing what unfolded in Uvalde, Texas today, as we try to find solutions, is there anybody out there that really thinks getting rid of the Second Amendment would fix this? Do you think that criminals, by and large, go and buy the guns legally and then do their crimes, or do they steal them, or do they get them some other illegal way? I mean, just like the guy, the guy in, in, um, in the church here not far from us, that guy was in the Air Force and was flagged to not be allowed to have a gun. Somehow he went and bought one. We have to do better when we have people we know shouldn't have their hands on them. We should do better when we know people should not be in society because they're too sick. We should do better to protect innocents from evil. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show. Andrew Giuliani at the bottom. He is running for governor of the great state of New York. It's a, it's a weird deal, though. Um, 
he's doing very well, but for some reason the Republicans are pushing Lee Zeldin, and we talk about that. Why isn't he the guy? Um, and what can happen coming up? It's about a month away is the primary in New York, so we'll see how that thing goes. Let me, in the meantime, tell you about uh, Superbeats. Superbeats knows that as we get older, we just don't feel ourselves anymore. Can't get through our days like we used to get through them. You might need a nap in the middle of the day. You get tired. I mean, it's just the way it is. Superbeats has something that could help out. It's called Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat. They give you the energy you need. They're good for you, too. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, candies for a quick pick-me-up because after the quick pick-me-up, there's a big crash, and you don't want that. Add two delicious plant-based Superbeats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote a heart-healthy energy for your entire day. No caffeine crash. Superbeats Heart Chews, unique clinically researched grapeseed extract, promote heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. Have you tried them yet? Hope you have. Because they're really good. They taste great. Non-GMO beets and grapeseed extract. Who knew? I mean, they obviously have put together something that's pretty awesome. Go and check them out right now. Because you listen to my program, get up to 45% off, plus free shipping at JoeLovesBeats.com. It's their best offer available anywhere, so jump on this right now. JoeLovesBeats.com. JoeLovesBeats.com. Up to 45% off at JoeLovesBeats.com right now. You go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. It is going to be, um, let's see here, got a lot of people who want to be heard. Sarah, Indiana, what do you think? Hi. Hi. Thank you for standing up for the Second Man- Amendment. You're welcome. Um, I, I work as a janitor in an elementary school, and I'm going to tell you something. This violence and mental, mental illness is directly related to the home environment. When I first worked as a janitor full-time, 2007, there was one kid in a school going from kindergarten through 12th grade who required um, a one-on-one teacher, had violent outbursts. Now there are entire classrooms, beginning at the elementary level, dedicated to um, children. They're called EH, emotionally handicapped. They are probably not organically um, mentally ill, but they become that way due to a horrible home environment. You know, there was a day and an age in this country when people had plenty of guns and you didn't have school shootings and mass shootings that were rare. And we had strict social controls. And now we have horribly dysfunctional families or things even resembling families. And it is taking its toll and making kids ill. So what would you you do to be the solution? How would you solve this problem? Well, I think any time you take a people's culture and way of doing things and destroy it, the 60s... um, but a lot of bad things as well as good, and one of them was social controls. Society used to be a lot stricter. People had to be polite. They had to be respectful to each other. People got together and tried to stay together. There was divorce, and there's nothing wrong with single parents, but people at least tried to have a family situation before they brought children into the world. And they also were, they paid attention to their children. So many kids are just shunted from school to daycare, and a lot of parents, um, well-meaning, but just the way society has gotten, they're very self-absorbed, and they just let the, the television, the, the smartphones, computers just babysit their kids. And there's a lot of really bad home lives, drugs, a lot of things, and it's, it's creating a lot of mental illness. Sarah, I hear you, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Let me go to Jerry, who's in Michigan. Jerry, what's up? Hey, Joe. As I was driving home from the office, I was listening to the show. Love your show, by the way. Thank you. And... And you were talking about the Second Amendment and how um, before the government really starts taking or has the ability to take away your rights and and walk all over your freedoms, at first they take away your ability to resist. Yes. And it just smacked me uh, the what's happened in Australia. You know, when they took away their guns and then look at how they ran roughshod over them. 
uh, during this pandemic. And, you know, they were locking people up for not taking the vaccine. Right. That's exactly what happened. And also their crime rate skyrocketed. Now, the of course, the gun crime rate didn't because people didn't have guns. But there were more stabbings and more rapes and more violent assaults. And, and yeah, we saw literal video coming out of Australia where they were locking up a father because his three-year-old didn't have the mask on right or something. It was just crazy. Um, and those people yeah, just simply sense. did not have the ability to say, no, don't do this. What you're doing is wrong. And we, we're going to support our family. We're going we're gonna to resist. Can't do it. Exactly. Good point, Jerry. Hey, keep up the good work, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Jerry, good call. Open line now. 888-941-PAGS. Let me go to Tom, who's in Missouri. Tom, what's on your mind? Hi. Now you're talking about the Second Amendment. Yes. And that's a very good topic. The only way to stop a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. Yes. Now, that's that's the only way to stop that. You and I agree. Could not agree more. Now, the last caller was talking about Australia. Yeah. I spent 20 years in Australia. Okay. After I was a law enforcement officer here in the States. And I watched what was going on. The building that I worked in was shot up twice by drive-by shootings. In Australia? Do you think those were legal weapons? Well, they definitely weren't legal, that's for sure. So what you're saying is so what you're saying is only the bad guys could get them then. That's it. Only the bad guys got guns over there. I, it's how I hear you, and I, it's a very good point. Again, thank you. I appreciate that, George. What's happening in Minnesota? Hi. Hi. Um, I believe the way to take care of some of this stuff in the uh, elementary schools in Israel, they have armed guards and metal detectors one way into the school one way out ever since 9-11 and they beefed up the security has there ever been any airplanes hijacked so we really need to have better security in these schools to protect the kids i'll even take it to the next level in israel i mean uh, i've seen many many women who are teachers there who are 20s in age who've got a rifle on their back they're walking around with a rifle who's going to walk up and try to take those kids on knowing the teacher can immediately respond or Immediately react. Probably nobody. Ryan, Michigan, quickly for me. What's on your mind? Hi. Hey, Joe, Second Amendment. I love the last caller. Yes, protecting the schools, all of that. Your thing about the rifles, I don't think here we need that. But, I mean, we definitely need, with all the money funded to the schools, to step things up, and we could easily protect our kids here. I'm a FFL runner. We buy sell guns my kids all shoot so the second amendment is amazing train your kids if they want to shoot when they get older that's okay exactly right ryan i appreciate that let me take it to the next level i would not be against teachers having rifles on their backs we've seen the, the pictures out of israel those children are raised to understand the teacher is good therefore the gun is there for your protection nobody's scared by it there are kids little kids in elementary school who go to school every day with that all right, so if that's too much for you, okay, then if somebody has the training and has a license to carry a gun and we trust them to teach our kids, why shouldn't teachers be allowed to bring their firearm? I mean, that, that also only makes sense to me. We come back, we'll switch gears. Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the great state of New York. Stay here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy on. We've become fast friends, and we actually just met face-to-face at Mar-a-Lago for the premiere of 2000 Mules. It's Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, how are you? Good to see you. Thanks. Great to be on with you, as always. Yeah, you were, you were just the coolest guy because, you know, <laughs> we're walking around. We've got all these dignitaries, right? We've got senators and, and uh, the former presidents there. You've got movie makers and actors and actresses. And, and some people weren't who you thought they were, and some people were. Um, you, you, I always thought you were a good guy, but we'd never met face-to-face before. And I felt just a very familial thing with you, like we were a family. And, and that's a really good place to be. I mean, you're just a really nice guy, aren't you? Well, it was probably just me stuffing my face with Italian food, so that's me pretty pretty normal. You know, Pags, I grew up around cops, right. and I learned very early on that you want to make sure the golden rule, treat people as you want to be treated. It's nice to be nice. And to be honest, yeah. look, I've been around politics my entire life, and sometimes this happens from the Republican Party, a lot of times from the Democratic Party, where you get people that, you know, when the cameras are off, they, they kick the dog and, yeah. and talk bad about people. I've always disliked those kind of people, regardless of what party they're in. And I kind of promised myself early on that I'd just be the same person on camera and off camera. Well, after and our, I feel the same way about you, Pags. Thank you. I appreciate that. After our meeting, I thought to myself, here's a guy that has been around politics in that, in that spectrum for his entire life. We first knew you when your dad was taking the oath and you, you took the oath with him. Uh, and, and, and that was great. So you easily could be jaded. Um, why do you think that didn't happen? Because I've met, again, the kids of Trump are very nice people. Yeah. I know Don Jr. and Eric very well. I know Laura Trump very well. They're all just, they're, they're nice people, and, and they're, they're almost in a place like you are where you, you didn't have to be. So was it something conscious, or did this just as who you are? You know, I think more than anything, it's perspective, right? Yeah, look, I, I had a few different unique challenges growing up. Right. Probably others who didn't grow up in the spotlight didn't get. But the perspective of it, and the truth is, you know, for every unique challenge, I had two or three incredible advantages. And so I've always said this anytime that people have criticized people that have grown up, you know, in privilege. Yeah. I think there are two different ways you can go about it. You can go about it the Hunter Biden path or, you know, right. if you're born on second or third base, you can go steal home, get in the dugout and help your team win. Right. Uh, that's kind of the perspective that I've always, always taken uh, with regards to it. I understand that I've been given many advantages in life. Uh, but I want to make sure that I do everything I can to maximize it and make my state and make my country a better place. Well, I was actually very happy to find out that you were who I thought you were. So that, that's Thank great. SaveNY.org is the new website. SaveNY.org. It's Andrew Giuliani. He's a Republican running for governor of the great state of New York. I want to start with the big mistake that was made by New York City. Obviously, Eric Adams sucks as the as the mayor. He just does. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be straight. I, I would tell him this, and maybe he'd be mad at me, but whatever. I mean, last week he's out in Beverly Hills raising money for himself. As people are being killed in drive-by shootings, as parents are wondering, you know, what the, their kids are learning in school. You know, uh, our good friend uh, Curtis Lee keeps telling me, Joe, do not come to New York City right now. And I'm going to go actually in about a month. So, I mean, I'm going there with a little bit of apprehension. And I love this city. I'm from Long Island. So, when you see how horribly they voted in New York City, and I think that they realized very quickly that they made a bad mistake. Can you use that to your advantage to say, hey, listen, New York, we can rebound from this. Get me in the governor's mansion, and I'm going to show you how we can do it. Well, I just look at the crime that happened on Sunday uh, in New York City where there was another fatal shooting on a subway train. Uh, I think a day one action item for Governor Giuliani is making sure we clean up the subways. And I'll tell you why it's a day one action item, because the governor actually has more board seats than the mayor. So you have control over it. So one of my day one action items is to make sure that if the mayor will not put the NYPD on the trains and on the platforms, not above them, but on the trains and on the platforms, 
I'll make sure that we have law enforcement. We utilize the state troopers. That way, New Yorkers feel safe on the subways again. Because I'll tell you, you do that, Joe, it's going to put, put a whole lot of pressure on Adams to make sure that he's cleaning up uh, the streets above ground when New Yorkers see the juxtaposition right there. But yeah, you're right, Joe. It seems like Mayor Adams is more worried about going to Paris Hilton's birthday party yeah. and what he's wearing to the Met Gala than actually worrying about crime and making sure he gets it under control. It's up 40% since the incompetent de Blasio left office. It's tough to believe that Eric Adams would be worse than de Blasio. I don't know if he's worse yet, but he hasn't proven to be any better, which is a real problem for New York. Well, he's bipolar about it, Andrew. I, he first said that uh, this is all propaganda. There's no problem on the subway. And then somebody's thrown onto the tracks and run over by the train. Well, I, and then he says, well, I would be afraid to ride the subway. Then he said, well, no, I wouldn't be afraid to ride the subway. He doesn't seem to understand what's going on on the subway. Here's a guy that I'm not even sure lives in New York City, to be honest. But, but at the end of the day, he has done literally nothing other than show that he's racist against any white media members. Um, we, that tape came out where he called you know, uh, white cops, white crackers or something. Yeah. Um, and and uh, he's always sort of trying to get himself positioned or poised um, in, in an issue wherever the wind is blowing. Now, I've known you for a while now, and you don't appear to be that guy. You appear to be the guy that says, look, crime sucks. And by the way, I just want to give you a, a short anecdote, if you don't mind. In 1998, we visited New York City. My wife uh, and, and our two kids at the time and I were on, I think, the 7 train. And uh, a group of young guys got on. I'm not even sure what neighborhood it was probably five or six of them. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a dance for you. We're going to sing for you. Then you're going to give us all your money and your watches and jewelry. And we went, holy crap, we're being held up here on the train. And a guy wearing like a wife beater t-shirt that was stained walked up to the leader and whispered something in his ear. And a guy said, okay, we got to go. We're out of here. Y'all have a good day. That was an undercover cop. He yep. saved us that day. Are you telling me that doesn't exist anymore in New York City? They took them off the trains? They did. Bill de Blasio did. I mean, he took the anti now, Your, your dad was, the, was the mayor at the time. Why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. I think, honestly, Joe, they've actually literally taken the Giuliani playbook, which has been the most effective playbook probably in municipal history in the United States of America. Forget even about New York. And they're trying the exact opposite approach. And unfortunately, they're getting the opposite results. You know, you mentioned before that Eric Adams only seems to call uh, everybody racist whenever they have a critic, uh, uh, they have a critical thing to say about him. Yes. Well, I look no farther further than uh, than something that's very personal to me. He calls Rudy Giuliani day in and day out a racist. Well, the numbers just don't support that. When you think about it, there were over 2,000 murders a year when Rudy Giuliani took office. By the time he left office, under 600 murders a year, and because of his policies, it got to under 300 murders a year. You know how many more black and Hispanic. New Yorkers have their lives now because of Rudy Giuliani, at least 1,200 a year over the last 28 years. Amazing. That's, that's somebody that has done more for New York, for the black and for Hispanic community than anybody since Henry Hudson came down that river a little west of Manhattan Island. Uh, and the truth is, the fact that Eric Adams wants to put out a narrative that aligns with the Democratic talking points rather than actually tackling what's important to New Yorkers shows that he's just disgraceful and he actually doesn't have the solutions. I really hope we're wrong about this, Joe. I hope that we're not looking at another three and a half years of Eric Adams bloviating and doing nothing about it. I really hope that it'll change. But unfortunately, the first five months of his administration does not give me hope.
It's Andrew Giuliani. He's a Republican running for governor of the great state of New York, and I hope you become the governor. You know, it's interesting what you just said. So many more people. In, in a city of, like, what is it, 8 million? You've got 300 murders a year, and compare that to, like, Chicago, or compare it to New York today, run by Democrats, and, and it's not even comparable. It's horrible what's happening in these cities, and you're right. The minority communities are the ones that are, in fact, paying for it. As much as people will say defund the police, good people in these neighborhoods that we're talking about are saying, man, you got to step up patrols. No, we, we don't hate the police. 70 plus percent, it turns out, never ever wanted to defund the police, even though the media made it seem like everybody wanted to. Uh, Lee Zeldin is the guy that the Republicans are backing. I haven't met Lee Zeldin. He seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know the guy. I like your policies. I think what you're saying would work for New York and, and, and not, not just the city, but the entirety of the state, including Buffalo, where we just saw some nut job do something at a grocery store. When, when the Republican Party doesn't back you, you have to examine why, because you're an America First guy, you're a Trump guy, you're a Giuliani, you've got a great reputation in, in the in the state and in the city. Why don't they back you? Is it because of the things I just said? Do they not want an America First Republican? Well, I think very specifically, and, and the chairman actually admitted this, uh, they wanted to keep Trump out of this primary. Why? Uh, and, and it really, I told them very simply, I said, look, that's not how we're going to win. When you talk about attracting people to the Republican Party. Just some quick statistics here in New York. Uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans over two to one. But here's where I think Republicans can really build. There are actually more non-affiliates and independents in New York than there are registered Republicans. Those are the votes that we should be going after yeah. and engaging with them. And there's nobody that's been able to attract more people to the Republican Party, certainly over my lifetime, than Donald Trump. If we're not at least exploring what he was able to successfully do in the country, like regulatory reform, when we talk about our safety and try to do that in New York and talk about that, then we're missing the major point in all of this. Um, so for me, I, I said, look, I completely disagree with you. And more than anything, I think this shouldn't be a backroom deal. This has to be every single New Yorker, every single New York Republican making a decision over who their candidate is going to be on June 28th. And Pags, we have debates coming up, four debates. Uh, and I got to tell you, I'm really excited that the 2.9 million registered Republicans will get an opportunity in all of this. Look, the truth is, Lee's the product of the backroom deal. He wanted to get crowned the Republican nomination. I have a very different belief. I think that we should all have a voice come June 28th. And looking at every single independent poll, I'm either leading or within the margin of error. I think those debates are going to push us over the top. And our grassroots is so strong. I am convinced we're going to be the nominee come June 28th. It's Andrew Giuliani. Go to SaveNY.org, uh, SaveNY.org. He's running for governor of the great state of, uh, of New York. What's interesting is uh, you, were, you were way further out in the lead earlier, and I'm guessing that the media is all pushing this guy. Do you, do you think the media gets behind this guy and the establishment Republican gets behind this guy because they're afraid that you can beat the Democrat? I mean, is that what I'm reading here? There's no way Kathy Hochul is going to win, is she? She's been horrible for the state of New York. So is the media just sort of gathering and being complicit here? Maybe we'll get a Lee Zeldin because she could beat him? Uh, you know what? I'm not even certain exactly that's it. I mean, it seems like that does make a lot of sense in terms of why it is. Um, but to be honest, we're actually really running the kind of race that we wanted going into uh, a month out before the campaign. We're exactly where we want. We've got the four debates scheduled. Uh, we're going to be able to, I really think, pull ahead, uh, you know, really comfortably. And I think we're going to win this thing by double digits. Um, but I'm really looking forward to these debates coming out. But there's no doubt in looking at the polling uh, that we are by far the candidate that pulls more independents and even more Democrats 
uh, than any other Republicans, whether it be Lee, whether it be Rob Astorino, whether it be Harry Wilson. Uh, we seem to do the best by far amongst independents and Democrats. And that's not because we're sacrificing our conservative ideals. I mean, you'll hear me admit, frankly, that I believe there was absolute fraud in the 2020 election. Right. That's not something that the left wants to hear, but it's just the truth. Um, to me, Joe, I, I find this to be very important to be as genuine with voters as possible. And I think that's why we've been doing so well in all the polling. Who's going to be, a, is it going to be Hochul? Is she running again? I, yeah, it is going to be Hochul. Because cause I, heard, I heard that Letitia James was thinking about it. Letitia James dropped out. She had absolutely no, uh, she had nothing actually in terms of uh, what she was, she, she wasn't spending any time upstate at all. And she wasn't really working throughout it. So to us, it's probably going to be Hochul, but you could have Tom Swazi, you could have Jumani Williams, who's a radical's radical, but whoever yeah. it is on the Democratic side, I think we're really well positioned to win this thing. It's Andrew Giuliani, saveny.org, saveny.org. What do you need people to hear? Because we, we're, we're on in Rochester, we're on, on the Albany area, we're on down near the city, we're on all over the place in New York. What, what, what do people need to hear from you? Because what's, what happened immediately after Buffalo, which is a disgusting, horrible, racist attack by one sick individual, uh, you immediately came out and you made commentary on it, which I thought was very appropriate. Well, the left is going gonna, is gonna to hone in on that. Ah, oh, Giuliani's a Second Amendment guy. He wants more guns and, and he's going to make it more dangerous. Obviously, your name doesn't equal more danger. It equals more, more safety by history. But what do you need people in this state to hear from you to make them understand that you don't want an establishment guy? You want somebody who's going to go in there and actually listen to everybody? Well, I think first and foremost, there's going to be one question that I ask of myself and that I ask of my staff every single day when we get into work. And this is very simply, what are we going to do to, today to make New York the safest state in the country? Uh, because we're at a turning point right now in our great state where we're leading the country in out-migration. And the main reason is because crime has spiraled out of control. You mentioned Rochester, Pags. Rochester last year had the most murders in recorded history. And this year, as of two days ago, they're on pace to actually surpass that wow. again this year. That's a really, really bad record to be surpassing. We need to make sure we repeal bail reform on day one and that we end the war on cops and I'm telling you, there will be nobody, nobody who is a better friend to our law enforcement in the governor's executive chambers than Andrew Giuliani. And I think also, Pags, and this is really important when we talk about some of my other competitors, you're not going to get somebody here who's owned by a party chairman, who's owned by the special interests. The reason why I got into this was very simply, Albany needs to be broken because actually, frankly, it is broken. So we need to bring a wrecking ball and we need to make sure we drain the rest of the Albany swamp so that way, again, New Yorkers can have representation. We've had the last four governors now that unfortunately have tried to gotten in office and serve themselves. They frankly forgot that the truth is they, the, the boss, the, 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 the 19.5 million registered Republicans are their bosses, not the other way around. So for me, I look at this very simply. You're going to get a public servant in office that every single day focuses on making New York the safest place in America. I th I th that's what people need to hear, Andrew, because uh, the bottom line is your dad won and Pataki won because there was horrible crime running rampant in New York City and elsewhere in the state of New York, and they, they fixed it. Uh, they got together and th they fixed it. And Democrats, whether they like every policy you have, like safety and security. They like their families to feel safe to go to school or to go to work or to go out to eat. And they don't want a, a city that's being run by tyrants that can shut you down at any moment. And the focus of the, of the governor or the mayor is 
should we have chocolate milk in the city or not? I mean, that's just dumb. So I wish you nothing but the best. Um, the, the debates start very soon, I'm sure. And when is the actual primary? Did you say August? June 28th. Wow, okay, June so we're very 28th. close. So, yeah, we're looking 35 days. So, I mean, we, we're right here. Matter when you come into New York, Pags, you might have to see it on the ground because I'll tell you what, you'll see the groundswell of support that we are having, uh, but also the amount of change that they want in New York. And this is across the political aisles. I, I, listen, I'd love to see I'd love to see um, what's happening in the city when I get there. Let's talk some more afterwards. Uh, it's Andrew Giuliani. Go to saveny.org, saveny.org. Go and support his candidacy right now. He's running for governor of the great state of New York. Andrew, thanks a million. Thanks as always, Pags. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We enjoy having Andrew Giuliani on. I hope he wins the governor's office in uh, New York. Top of next hour, Carrie's got an update on that shooting in Uvalde, Texas at an elementary school. Make sure you stay here for that. Got to remind you about our sponsor. It's uh, Total Financial Freedom. The clock is always ticking for Congress to reach a deal to raise the debt ceiling. You cannot get a deal to raise your debt ceiling at home. You don't have that same sort of sway that they have in Congress. They can just print money, do whatever they want. You can't. So if you're being buried in bills... You've got those credit card bills. Your loans are all stacking up. Maybe you've got a timeshare. Get a hold of my good friends at Total Financial Freedom. Get off that treadmill. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a great job for more than 15 years now, helping people like you resolve their debts and cut their payments in half. Don't believe me? Just give them a call. 800-833-9444. Ask them about that free book they're offering called Debt Dietitian. You've got to get. You've got to mention my name, Joe Pags, to get it. It's a free book. You call them, learn how easy it is to cut your payments. You're going to appreciate their team. They're people that understand where you're coming from. They're rated um, A plus with the Better Business Bureau. Zero complaints. Call Total Financial right now at 800-833-9444. 1-800-833-9444. Get there right now. Another big hour coming your way. Make sure you keep it here. And again, we'll have an update on what happened in Uvalde, Texas today. Um, the numbers aren't getting better. They're actually getting worse. And here's the issue. We've been dealing with, in my career, I've been dealing with uh, the, the idea that people can show up and kill innocent people anywhere they feel like doing it, and we haven't made any substantial change in how we do business in this country since. We'll go over some of the cases that we covered over the years, get an update on what happened in Uvalde, and much more on the Joe Pag Show. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show.